Welcome to the Sports Memory. I've got uh, Brandon Brisker here with me coming at you live. I'm Newman. And uh, the first topic of the day that we're going to touch on is the OnlyFans content that is going to be being produced by MLB. Did you see this? MLB came out with a new uh, conjunction that they are releasing in OnlyFans of all of the pitchers that are getting pants uh, during <laughs> during their MLB games. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, but on a- <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, Max Scherzer, you know, second second way to income. You know, I think Sergio Romo may have broke a record for quickest uh, time to strip clothes. Um, yeah, I mean, normally you got to pay for that kind of content, and they're just putting out there for free. Come on, gentlemen, yeah. understand capitalism. Uh, in, in all honesty, uh, there actually was a report that Cam Soda offered $100,000 for an hour to some, several pitchers uh, to perform a show. Um, de-pantsed. Uh, so, so no shit. Like I'm not just <laughs> completely making that up. Um, although it is mostly tongue in cheek, but yeah. Now, um, now, that, now, now, just, just. I mean, not to make this OnlyFans and and, and cam related uh, topic here, but that's not the first time they've done this, right? Haven't they offered other sports um, and other athletes like the opportunity to to go on their to like broadcast? Am I am I misremembering this or no? I, thought- I mean, it, it, it seems. Seems, I mean, it's 100% accurate. Apparently, there's a rumor that like Halle Berry got um, uh, several million dollars to pose topless or to, to do a topless scene in um, what was it called? Uh, the movie with John Travolta. Uh, Swordfish. I love Swordfish, it. Swordfish, yes. Swordfish, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it was that film. I'm not sure exactly. Oh, it's but absolutely. Anyway, Teenage Brandon watched mean, it often. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that's. Halle Berry and she's getting offered millions. So, I mean, these players are making the same amount of money as Halle Berry is every year. Why, why are they only getting a hundred thousand dollars for an hour? She only was doing one scene. So, I mean, it's a little, in terms of compensation, they're not offering quite enough to make it worth my while. If I'm one of those guys who's making way more than a hundred thousand dollars per game, basically. Um, <laughs> most of them anyway, but like, right. yeah, still, uh, yeah, I, I doubt that Trevor Bauer is going to be taking them up on that. Although, who knows? Uh, there was actually another official MLB ruling uh, not made up where they're partnering with cryptocurrency, which is just so MLB like that makes no sense <laughs> why that they would tease an announcement about that and then make that the big announcement anyway. Um, but yeah, let's get into it for a second here. So Max Scherzer last night was checked uh, three times through four innings. Um and then Girardi he was, rub- he was rubbing his cap, right? That's why, you know, he, so he, was, he, was, he was having some, he was putting his hand through his hair. Uh, okay. and he actually said he was doing it to get a little moisture yeah. uh, because he wasn't getting any from the back of his neck. And Girardi said that he's never seen Scherzer, um, rub his hand through his hair. That's one of the reasons why he was having him check him. Um, but when you do it three times in four innings, that's a little bit ridiculous. In my opinion, it slows the game down. Obviously it caused, uh, incidents where, you know, uh, Davey Martinez came out and was like, what the hell is going on? Then he's yelling at Joe Girardi. Then Joe Girardi comes out of the dugout. Then a- after the inning finishes, Max Scherzer's walking off the mound and he's death staring Joe Girardi. You have to see this if you haven't seen it. Um, and Girardi comes out and is like, oh, you want to fight? Like, let's go. <laughs> and, it's, and Scherzer's just like holding his hat up, holding his hands up. Like, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Like, you're just being an asshole um, trying to slow the game down. It's kind of a tact. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, is this going to be a tactic used by managers to get a pitcher out of rhythm? 
um, and there could be an issue. Uh, I was talking about it on Twitter. Some people were suggesting, I think Will Middlebrooks, former MLB player, suggested there should be some sort of penalty. Uh, it should be like a challenge, right? If you have the player get checked, just like uh, in the NFL or baseball even uses it for the video replay. Um, so I suggested that if a manager checks a pitcher and the pitcher's found to not have anything, then they should forfeit an out. Forfeit it out is aggressive, um, but I think – I mean, I definitely think you, that it should count as a challenge for sure. Like, then, you know, there's no longer any, any challenges. I, I think that should be equal. I don't think there should be no penalty, but an out's aggressive, Newman. Well, it's, so I was taking it from a perspective of, like, for instance, in uh, hockey, if you challenge something and you fail the challenge, you – are automatically playing on a power play. The other team gets a power play opportunity. So yeah. this way there is some sort of actual consequence and it doesn't necessarily limit you from challenging. Hey, you can challenge as many times as you want, but every time you lose, you're giving up an out and it's the the next batter. You're not just, oh, we're just putting a random out in there. No, it's the next batter. So for instance, yeah. if you're Girardi and you've got Bryce Harper coming up, you're not going to challenge him, right? Right. Because you don't want Bryce Harper to be an automatic out and then not get to it back. Um, that would actually, in my opinion, it would curb it a little bit. Uh, it's just interesting. Um, doesn't obviously have to go in and probably won't, but uh, that was just, I thought, I thought a, yeah. a reasonable. I want to go back to uh, athlete deathmatch real quick. Uh, Max Scherzer <laughs> would drop Joe Girardi. I just, for fun, Joe Girardi while playing was about 5'10, 200. Max Scherzer's a fucking boss. He's 6'3", 220. Yeah. Um, not, not to mention Joe Girardi's an old man now. Like right. Joe Girardi wants absolutely no piece of Max Scherzer. I didn't know Max Scherzer was that big, dude. 6'3", 220 is a fucking monster. Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, Girardi was a catcher, so he's you know he's used to getting beat up, I guess. Um, <laughs> you can take a punch is what you're saying. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's you just not. I'm not going to back down when somebody's challenging my manhood like that. So yeah. Also, he knows that there's not a chance that Max Scherzer is going to do anything. So yeah, and Mark Max Max Scherzer has those show. crazy eyes, right? He has those, those, those yeah. So he has eyes. He has heterochromia, so he has two different eye colors, and that's just freaky. Like I know if I tried to square a guy up and I saw that, like it'd be terrifying. Um, yeah, and <laughs> here's the thing. So like the act of throwing a baseball is kind of like throwing punches all game, if you think about it from a perspective. So, like, that motherfucker throws 100. I don't want to get hit by one of them right hands. Trust no. me. Like, <laughs> no. Not at all. Um, all right, let's 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 stay with this, uh, with, with the checking, kind of moving away from the Scherzer-Girardi thing. What about uh, Sergio Romo just stripping? Um, I mean – yeah, we've all been to strip clubs. I mean, that guy's got a little bit of, you know, he's he may have a secondary job there. There's um, there there was there was several funny um comments on that. I'm not going to get into all of them. Um but one of them was like uh like somebody I guess his manager said that it was all in good fun. Uh he was just like messing around with him. If you're going to do it, like all right, here. Like here's my glove. Drop he throws him, his, throws his hat him. and glove at him, starts taking off his belt, hands in the belt, and fucking starts pulling his pants down. <laughs> Um, I thought he looked a little bit more pissed than that. So I don't know how much Bob Melvin is just covering his tracks there or whatever, but, uh, yeah, definitely a funny incident. But, uh, so there was a player several years back named Steve Lyons who famously, uh, ran down the first baseline and then like dropped his trow to like get some of the dirt out that from like sliding into first base cause and didn't realize that, Oh wait, shit, I'm out on the field still. Uh, 
and it was like kind of his claim to fame. Uh, and now he's uh, basically losing his claim to fame basically because now everyone's doing it. So, and right. he's not a very significant or consequential, consequential player. So no. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so stepping away from the player incidents, um, do you think this, like, do you think this is just going to last here for the next few weeks or do you think this stays um, we talked last week in depth about how we, we think this is really going to impact injuries and impact, um, performance and, and really going to be kind of a huge issue. It's kind of snowballing on the MLB. Yeah. It's not a good look. Um, there is going to be, I don't think that we've reached the crescendo yet. Uh, this is still kind of working in the billup phase. It will reach a point where it becomes mostly a non-issue. Managers have had the ability to, to, ask umpires to look at for players at for different things for years it's not it's not something new it's just now that they're like oh we're cracking down on these all their foreign substances that you're not allowed to have more players are having a more coach more managers are going to take take a little bit of a you know a, a check there and and try to stir some shit up especially i mean let's be real if you're you know the phillies and you're you're facing the nationals. The only guy I'm worried about is Max Scherzer in that. So I'm probably only exactly. going to check him. Uh, the other pitchers, I don't really care because none of them are all that intimidating. So I'm sure that there'll be some gamesmanship stuff that goes on. I would imagine this kind of fades to the background until probably closer to like pennant races at some point. Like once we get to the all-star break, I wouldn't be surprised if they implement some other additional rules somewhere along the way. They um, have to Newman. They absolutely yeah. have to. But that that's time to be seen. We'll, we don't know yet. Yeah. Again, I mean, I, I've I've said it on this podcast a million times. You've you've heard me say it. The MLB will find a way to continue to screw up. They're incapable of doing anything successfully. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, the league. It's the not, garbage league. Not incapable of doing anything successfully. They make a lot of money successfully. So there's that. <laughs> that's, uh, I guess that's the be all end all, right? That's all they care. I can scream to this microphone. They're taking the bank or the checks to the bank. So. Sure. Yeah. Um, so moving on from this, there was a monumental landslide ruling against the NCAA where uh, the, the act of amateurism was challenged uh, by the Supreme to the Supreme Court level. And it came back with a 9-0 ruling uh, against the NCAA, saying that they can no longer just say that players are amateurs and they're not allowed to get paid for their compensation because essentially it hasn't been something that was agreed to or, uh, you know, uh, like the, the players had, had no opportunity to negotiate. So it's essentially mo- monopolistic behavior. And Brett Kavanaugh even hit him with a, like a big long thing being like, this would not be acceptable in any other industry except for the, uh, the NCAA in which they literally are basically like, Oh yeah. The reason that we p- don't pay them anything is because uh, our, our whole, you know, industry would, would uh, self-destruct because people expect us to not pay them anything. It's like, no, that's not true. <laughs> so, yeah, whoever their lawyers are, they need to do better. I mean, they were just not prepared. They got taken to the woodshed. Um, now, now, I think it's been trending this way for a while, you know, whether it's it's the NIL or or it's it's different form of, of stipends or, or gifts or, or, or things like that. Um, so I think I think this was inevitable and it was coming, but just. Just the, you know, 
putting the NCA on blast was the biggest part of this story. Like, like Kavanaugh and the Supreme Court held back no punches, and the Dude. NCA got straight embarrassed. 9 0. 9 0. Do you know what? They like never agree on anything 9 0, the Supreme Court justices, right? There's like right. normally a split, and then there was one neutral guy always. Now yeah, it's I mean, like, we're just getting the, the one thing that can unite the right and the left is against the NCAA. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That sounds like a fucking meme right there. Um, I, it, it was it was definitely touted out there, but if you want to make a meme about it, go for it. Um, <laughs> in other news, one of the bigger stories of, of you know this week here, uh, Carl Nassib comes out as gay. He's going to be the first openly active gay player in the NFL. Uh, and we say openly active because Michael Sam, although he was – uh, a gay NFL player and was in camp and stuff. He was never on an active roster. So um, this is, you know, it's to the point where, you know, the, hopefully we don't have to talk about this anymore as being a news story, but it is a news story right now. And his Jersey sales went off uh, as a result of this over the course of the past couple of days. Um, and uh, you know, uh, he, he's a pretty interesting guy there. He's on hard knocks a couple of times. Um, teaching people about finance and uh, going to Taylor Swift concerts. So uh, do you, Carl Nassib, and uh, at some point, you know, this won't be a story really anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all about progression in in the sports industry, right? Like, it was a story a few few months ago when the first, uh, you know, all-black NHL line um, you know, happened. It's, it's a big news that, you know, women are just now getting an opportunity to coach men's sports. You know, it's, it's a big, it's a big news, you know, what Carl Nassib did. Um, th- these are all important t- things and important times to happen. Um, and, and it'll all be great when we kind of don't need to celebrate this anymore because it's just the norm. Um, you know, that, you know, you know, make it the new standard. So, you know, the, we're, we're going to remember these times as kind of the, uh, the start of uh, the normalcy of uh, a lot of these um, really brave actions. Amen to that. And just as you mentioned, Becky Hammond's also like in conversation uh, as a finalist for, I believe the Portland Trailblazers head coaching job. So she's been, she's been a long time assistant with, uh, with Spurs and was formerly a WNBA player. Speaking of the NBA, there was some, uh, we got the lottery last night. Uh, So Pistons, Rockets, Cavs, Raptors, Magic, Thunder, uh, and then, um, let me see here. That's the top six. Then you got, uh, the Warriors coming in at seven, the magic get the bulls pick at eight Kings, nine Pelicans, 10 Hornets, 11 Spurs, 12 Pacers, 13. And then the Warriors again, the Warriors got, uh, I think the thunder got somebody else's pick in there. Well, the, the thunder got screwed. So the <clears throat> thunder, if they would have gotten <clears throat> picked in the top four, they would have kept that six and yeah. a top four. So right. the thunder, the thunder were the big losers of mm-hmm. the lottery. The Pistons uh, were actually the winners of the lottery. Um, I think they yeah. had like the fourth or fifth best chance, and they end up getting the number one well, overall. No, no, the Pistons, the Pistons, uh, Magic, and Rockets all had the fourteen percent odds to get the number okay. one pick. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, anyway. The Magic uh, also got pretty screwed in this, uh, although they did wind up getting the Bulls pick because it fell outside the top four, so they got the eighth pick there. Um, but they got pick number five. The Magic w- should were finished, you know, with a bottom three record, so they lost two spots in the lottery. Uh, and this is, you know, I don't know the, the the last time the Magic actually had a, a move up 
in the lottery uh, was 1993. So uh, not going to happen. They, they've gotten really unlucky. Uh, they got to pick right after Trey Young was drafted. They got to pick right after Kristaps uh, Porzingis was drafted. Um, they've, you know, this is seen to be a, like people are talking the top four is pretty sure thing at that draft. And then kind of, there's a little bit of a gap. And so the magic get the fifth pick as uh, just to go along with that. And I love the top three, but then after that, I mean, between four and eight, I mean, it's kind of like, we got the top four are uh, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley, right? Those are pretty much the consensus top four. Yeah, but I mean, again, I, I'm just not as high on Jalen Green as as a lot of other people are. You know, he he he's he kind of reminds me of uh, Markel Fultz a little bit. Um, he's a you know, much better shooter. He's a much better shooter, um, I mean, and he, he actually. He actually did it at a professional level, right? So he played in the G League this year, um, yeah. as did uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who's projected to go th- as the fifth of those guys. Um, but I like uh, I like I mean, Kaminga. I like Kaminga more than Green. Uh, if if we're talking about uh, people, I just you know six. He, he he's just got you know versatility. He he can play small ball five, and he can also play in the wing. He can kind of play the three through the five position. Yeah, um, he's certainly an interesting prospect. And we've seen some guys, you know, come a little bit lower and fall and, and all this kind of stuff. So it's not like any of these teams are screwed that are in the lottery. Um, there is possibility for other players to play pretty well. Um, but for the Magic, what they need is they need some guys who can shoot. So Jonathan Kaminga is not really a good fit there. Um, but with this uh, front office, they do tend to take the best player available. So I would not be surprised if yep. Kaminga is available if he is the pick, even though he's not a great fit for what they have already down there. Where do you like, just initial, just again, we're not going to get into many of this, but where do you like your boy Scotty Barnes to go here in this lottery? Uh, he's not a fit for the Magic. I've seen him go as high as six. Uh, to the Thunder in some mocks, which does make a little bit of sense. The Thunder could use a guy with his versatility and his ability to make plays and do all that kind of stuff. Um, But his problem is also that he's not a great shooter. So that's not a fit for what the Magic are trying to do or what they need. Um, They have plenty of guys that can do kind of what he's already done, especially Jonathan Isaac has already been in the league and is basically kind of a similar player to what um, Scotty Barnes is. But he's definitely going to be a lottery pick, most likely he'll be somewhere in the top 10. Um, but I could definitely see him going six to the thunder as a possibility. I think that's, I think that's probably as high as he would go. I would like them to like actually slide to the Pelicans and the Hornets. Those are two up and coming teams. I mean, you talked about the Pelicans, um, you know, last week in kind of destination jobs. Um, yeah. I, I think if he would, I like Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty Barnes does all, I think he, it, it kind of gets compared every year. Uh, but I think he does have a lot of that Draymond where he can play one through five. Maybe mm-hmm. not five, one, one through four. He, he isn't quite built can, as thick. He can play five. He's got a 7-2 wingspan. So Yeah, he just isn't as thick as all I'm talking about there. Um, he does have a post game, though. I, we've seen it in some games. I wish that they posted him up more, um, especially against college centers. He would have been able to dominate down there. Um, yeah. he may, In small ball situations, he could definitely play the five. I would I would like to see him to go you know maybe maybe ten or eleven uh, for the Pelicans or Hornets because I like I like the trajectory of both of those teams. Um, certainly right could, now. and we're gonna yeah. have a lot more NBA draft content as we approach that. Um, 
for yep. you. But uh, in other NBA news, the Celtics traded uh, Kemba Walker to the Thunder for Al Horford. Uh, they also traded a first-round pick in order to unload Kemba. Um, Brad Stevens, basically his first move as as you know president there. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, it was a salary dump. You know, I mean, yeah. um, they they got Kemba because Kyrie left, and it, it didn't work out. I mean, I love Killa Kemba. His run in the NCAA ter- tournament was one of the most uh, you know amazing things I've I've seen in in college in, in the tournament. Um, so I always love Killa Kemba. But yeah, he's past his prime. He's on a bad contract, and he wants to. It's all part of Brad Stevens' way to hit the reset button. The right. biggest thing is his knee, I think. Um, he's still a good player when he's healthy, but it, the problem is because of that knee, he's really not healthy all that often. So the Thunder just do Thunder things and add more picks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so there they are. Are, are they um, the new process? I mean, it, I mean, uh, we're going to talk about Philly here in a little bit, uh, but it does seem the Thunder are just collecting assets, collecting assets in, in very much of a Philadelphia 76er, you know, five to seven years ago. Uh, it does seem that way. Um, I'm the thing about it is they've got so many picks. I think it's like 18 picks in the first uh, next seven years, first round draft picks, which is a lot. Um, that's you know two and a half uh, for the seven, of course, the seven years. So the thing is, if you're just taking lots of shots, because here's the thing: Oklahoma City's not not really a free agent destination, so it's nope. going to be very difficult for them to woo a lot of uh, good upper echelon free agents and then your superstars how long are you gonna be able to keep them when you do pop a guy so yeah, having you know, all these picks what? allows you to kind of continually refresh and reload hopefully you get a couple of them in there at the same time and you can make a run or two yeah uh, they're, they're, they're hoping they're to replicate their Harden, durant westbrook you know run of two or three years i mean that's that's yeah. what they're hoping to hoping to do Absolutely. Uh, I think it is kind of the way to go there and uh, I don't have any issue with it. Uh, it's just that Sony picks it, it gets to the point where it's sometimes it's hard to do all of the trading and stuff that you really need to do. Um, and it's very hard to get superstars. Uh, you have to be picking at the top four, which is why lottery luck is so important and why a team like the magic has continually gotten screwed. <laughs> uh, also sticking with the Celtics, M.A. Udoka who is a Nets assistant, uh, was hired by the Celtics actually just today, probably a few minutes before the pod. Um, We'll have to break down and read into more of this to talk a little bit further about it, most likely. But just your initial thoughts here. And uh, from from what I listened to briefly, uh, he's a player's coach. He he relates very well. He's something you want with a younger roster. Um, And, you know, I mean – Actually, all of the major sports seem to be, you know, the same guys just getting repeated with the same job. So it's it's good to see fresh blood. We talked about how that backfired with the Pacers this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's uh, it seems like kind of a natural fit for what um, for what Boston has going on there with a new GM, a younger team. Now they got a new coach. Um, but the so. inverse of what the Pacers did is this guy is not just going to run some specific scheme uh, and cannot communicate. So he's supposed to be a good communicator, and that's an important thing to look for in any coach uh, or any guy who's pushing the buttons for any major franchise here. So that's yeah. you know the opposite of what the what the Pacers did there. But <clears throat> we'll see how it works out. Obviously, it's really early in that process. Uh, I do think the Celtics need to find somebody to pair with. Um, Jalen and uh, they need a third. I for sure yeah. need a third. Yeah, I mean it's 
you, you, you can drop 50 all you want, but uh, you need you need a third guy to really my, my, my Indiana Al Horford, Al Horford was pretty good when he was with the Celtics. Um, so maybe that'll allow him to go a little bit more small ball and it'll help some of their other players. But uh, we'll, we'll see what goes on there. But, but uh, yeah. You're saying my uh, my boy Romeo Langford, lottery pick Langford, um, is a little bit of a bust in Boston. I, I mean, that's that's what everyone else is saying. So, <laughs> not you. You would never say it. You would never rip the Indiana Hoosiers. You would never do that. <laughs> uh, Rick Carl also uh, announced that he will not return to the Mavs. He may have gotten pushed out to some degree. Um, oh. He did have a year left, I think, on his deal, right? Um, yeah, but- yeah, Rick Carlisle has literally been the coach there since 1998. Him and Mark Cuban are really close. Um, this could not. 98? Is that is that true? I thought he was – wasn't he a coach somewhere else previously? I believe the Pacers at one point. No. He did, he did coach there. One, one second. Yeah, you give your thoughts on kind of the Luca. Rick Carlisle, Mark Cuban debate, and I'll look this up real quick. Yeah, I think this is more just we need a fresh voice. Um, what they're doing with Luca, you know, they Luca needs more players around him. It is a it is a young like a pretty young team. Carlisle's definitely older, so while he did have a bunch of success with you know Dirk and all this other stuff um, there in in uh, Dallas, uh, it's it, it's time for a new voice. Uh, I know some some of my friends who are Celtics fans kind of wanted him to be the pick their new coach so uh that was just another name that was thrown in the hat there um rick carlisle if he wants to work will probably find an nba job so i, I mean that, that'll happen so i had my eight wrong it was 2008 not right 1998 yeah. yeah so yeah. um <clears throat> about 10 exactly 10 years off there for me um that, that's Reading what i is- get for trying it's not Re- a strong suit it's not a strong reading suit is reading sense. is hard um so uh you want to go into on, on this Wisconsin thing or what? I, I absolutely want to bring it up. I don't know how big of an audience this will have. Um, but for, for those that don't know, uh, Greg Gard is the head basketball coach at the University of Wisconsin. Um, he was uh, under Bo Ryan uh, for years and years there. He knows their system better than everyone. And it was kind of a plug and play when Bo Ryan um, I'm not going to get in for the reasons why he stepped down. He slept with an 18-year-old girl and got her pregnant. Um, that's the reason he stepped down. You're not um, going to get into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Craig Gard kind of, again, no, they were never really interviewed anyone else. So it was always going to be Greg Gard. Um, and he came out first year coaching. He won Big Ten Coach of the Year. Uh, he won it last year. So things seem to be all hunky-dory in Madison Town. Um, but apparently not. Um, there was a senior only seniors and coach only meeting that happened um, this past season. And apparently the seniors were just pissed. Uh, I guess Greg Gard wasn't um, supporting them. He was finger pointing at them, um, just being negative and creating a toxic culture. And the seniors wanted to call him out for it in this private meeting. And there were some really hard truths Um if, if, you know, if you talk, you know, the players that were, uh, you know, said things really turned around after that and, and things did get better. Um, but, you know, somebody recorded this and somebody sent it to a newspaper. Um, I mean, that's got to be a bad look for Greg Gard. That's got to be a bad look for the program. And every other school that kind of recruits against uh, Greg Gard in Wisconsin is going to be using that to the end of time. Um, so, 
while again, the players have kind of come out and said, you know, Greg guard uh, changed his ways after this meeting. It's a really bad look. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, gone before the season starts. <clears throat> yeah, it's, I mean, what the, the conversations that were had in that meeting, some of the players were like, I don't want to have, I don't think we're going to have a relationship after, uh, after the season's over. I don't know if I'm ever going to talk to you again. Like it, it's pretty rough. Like most of the time these coach, these players have really good relationships with their coaches, especially at the basketball level, because it is, you are so, there is so few of you um, compared to the amount of coaches there are. Whereas football, you know, 85 scholarship players, you may never talk to the head coach. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Unless, unless you're an important player, but that's, I mean, that stuff coming out, it's not a good look. Um, Wisconsin is their, you know, their, their, um, their AD is Barry Alvarez, longtime football coach. Uh, he's announced that he's stepping down, right? Um, so yep. they're going to have to replace him soon. Oftentimes when there is a new AD, there's a little bit of a change in junk, in, uh, you know, in, in the coaches at the top for their most important programs. So that would include basketball and football. I maybe, doubt they can maybe make I'm... a move football-wise unless something came out about Paul Christ, but this may open the door for Greg Gard to be. Maybe this is just my bias because IU football hadn't beat Wisconsin for like, 25 years until this past season and I Wisconsin basketball whoops IU basketball but they're just all shady dudes like I like I, I didn't think Greg Gard was a shady dude until now but apparently he's he's an awful uh awful you know supporter he's a bad leader Paul it Christ goes back is to a the communication thing that we talked about earlier yeah Paul Paul Christ is a shady dude what he did to Pitt was downright wrong and Barry Alvarez was never squeaky clean either so a bunch of shady dudes up in wisconsin i only hope terrible things for that entire university <laughs> go badgers <laughs> on wisconsin <laughs> um anyway so uh another story in terms of issues facing a program the arizona state football team is facing uh, potential sanctions uh there's similarly some some stuff came out about uh you know illegal recruiting going on during the time of covid where there's somebody apparently made a dossier and sent it into compliance. So you, you need to get your house right, Herm, um, because that's definitely part of the issue there, I guess. Like if, if not everyone's pulling the same train, like uh, rowing the boat, like up there in Minnesota, in the same direction, then uh, this kind of shit gets ha happens. People have kind of stopped telling on each other to some degree in, in the NCAA. So we haven't seen as many of these stories come out recently. So this is the only instance that you're going to is when it's actually in-house. Uh, and that's not a good luck for Arizona State. But it may be a boon to teams like Indiana and Florida State who may compete against Arizona State for recruits. So Absolutely. It, it's been really weird how Indiana has competed with Arizona State for, for some Southern recruits recently. Um, so it was obviously good news in my book. But yeah, this kind of this screams to me that Herm either didn't read an email or didn't know how to forward an email. And this was just a uh, little bit of a, oh, shit, I didn't know we couldn't do that sort of thing. I like Herm Edwards. Um, uh, I, I like Herm, too, a lot. Um, but that doesn't mean that what they were doing wasn't illegal. And I mean, listen, yeah. if you're not cheating. You're not trying. Right. So <laughs> that's one way to put it. Uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> so we also have some more playoffs to discuss here as uh, for this week. Uh, the Hawks wound up beating the Sixers uh, in game seven. Uh, ben Simmons made a ridiculous pass uh, when he was at the cup and uh, Joel Embiid was just absolutely in shock as to what's going on there. So this uh, started off, they lose that game seven at home. The Sixers, I mean, this is, this is the chance, right? This is, this is the weakest probably, uh, 
probably the NBA, NBA final, like playoffs that we've seen where there's no there's been no great team, right? Right. Um, I just want to and, say this is why I should amble with my uh, with my heart instead of my head because I said, oh, it's probably going to be Sixers Nets, but I would love to see Hawks Bucks. Um, so there, there's me going and thinking again. Um, yeah. so I know mean, this is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see Hawks box. I wanted to yeah. see more Trey young. Um, I wanted to see more Greek freak. Um, I think this is great for me personally. Um, you're right. I think, I think no, no Durant, no, you know, no Brooklyn, no Philly. What, what happens with Simmons, right? Like, do you think he actually gets traded? Cause there's a lot of people that are just like this, whatever the process is, uh, this part of the process is not working. Yeah, I think Simmons needs to go find a nice home in Europe somewhere and play more to his Not level. Not a chance, uh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much I think Ben Simmons is just a, an atrocious, uh, you know, joke to to being any sort of guard. Um, what I think he needs to do is he needs to find himself. He needs he definitely needs a new place. Like he cannot suit back up in Philly. Philly does not forgive. Those fans are absolutely ruthless. He, he absolutely cannot suit up in a 76ers jersey again. He's gone, and he needs to refine what he does. And, and what he needs to be is, is you, know, you know, put on some weight, work some post moves, and stay absolutely anywhere off the three-point line. Um, you need to be an interior player, man. Stop trying to fool yourself that you're a guard. Dude, uh, make some free throws. Jeez. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, center, center shoot pretty poorly, right? Be a center. Maybe that's what you should be. Stop being yeah, a guard. He, a he actually he does a really good job of getting to the getting to the cup. His problem yeah. is finishing. Um, yeah. If you're if you're a guy that can drive, you need to be good at shooting free throws because what happens down there is you can get a lot of fouls. It can be a positive thing for your team to get the other team in foul trouble, and you can just go to the line like James Harden or Dwayne Wade used to do all the time. You know what I mean? And you just shoot a lot of free throws. But in order to do that, you need to be a good free throw shooter. Part of the reason that he probably passed up that dunk is fear of getting fouled. And then having to go to the free throw line where he's not comfortable. Um, that was the biggest box. joke play that I've ever I've, I've yeah. never seen a professional do what terrible players at LA Fitness do. Like that's exactly what it was. Like he had a wide open layup and he you know dumped it off to another guy driving because he was scared to shoot the ball. For you, I mean, you nailed it. He was he was afraid to get fouled. Um, that's hundred um, percent what it was. One potential trade rumor that popped up was CJ McCollum, uh, which would be an interesting trade for both teams. Um, it would help out, you know, Dame in Portland maybe if if if, he's, if he does stay there um, by giving him a defensive presence, um, and then would give you know Philadelphia a guy who can shoot the ball and CJ McCollum. Although he can he tends to shy away in playoff moments too. So um, there's a chance that both these guys get moved. There's no way that. Uh, Simmons is given away though. Daryl Morey's absolutely not going to do that. Uh, he's going to get full, you know, he's going to get 99 to a hundred dollars or hundred cents on that dollar. Um, if not more, uh, moving on to the other side. I, of the I would East. pay a nickel for Ben Simmons, a yeah, nickel. We know, uh, moving on to the other side of the East, the Nets lose to the Bucks in seven, but Kevin Durant, absolute like warrior performance there. Um, He's basically doing it by himself. He played almost every minute of that game. It was a fantastic game. Uh, what does this say more to you? Uh, is it how great a player Kevin Durant is? Is it 
how bad the Bucks are that they can't that they, it takes overtime uh, <laughs> against Kevin Durant basically again uh, against a team that's all beaten up in order to actually advance. Like the, this Bucks team is fully healthy. There's no issue. The fact that they can, Kevin Durant can just will them all the way to an overtime in seven. In fact. He, I think he was trying to end it. Did you see that last shot before it went to overtime that he hits oh, to send yeah. it to overtime? If that's oh, that a he three, meant he, it's over. It's yeah, over. He, his toe is on the line. He could have ended that right there. It's just that's one case where it's like your shoe is a little bit too big. Right, yeah, no, I mean, the Hawks shouldn't be there. I mean, everyone was predicting the Knicks to beat the Hawks. The the Well, yeah, but I mean, the Hawks went out and did it. I'm saying, the what does it say about the Bucks when you're fully healthy and you can't beat, like, you almost didn't beat a Nets team that is basically yeah, yeah, playing yeah, exactly. one of the three superstars. Um, yeah, that's why the Hawks are absolutely going to beat the Bucks. Sorry, I got my, my notes confused there. Um, yeah, I mean, the the Bucks are a fraud. Giannis, Giannis needs to expand his game. I like him. Um, I think they have a bad coach. I don't think they have good enough guards, and I don't think, um, and I don't think Giannis, uh, you know, has a three level game yet. Um, so that's that's why I'm taking uh, Hawks in seven over the Bucks. That's that's tough. I mean, do you really? So it could happen, I guess. Drew Holiday is probably going to give Trey Young more fits than he's had, at least recently. Um, I would think. Uh, plus, yeah. you've got. Plus, you've got more scoring on on the net side than than what the the Sixers were putting up because you have more options. Um, Chris Middleton, Giannis, etc. So so, again, I, I normally we haven't done a gambling show in forever. You're talking about two of the best offenses in the league. There's not going to be too much defense played in this series. Take the over. In, I don't even want. I don't know what the over is tonight. I, I haven't looked at it. Um, but the Bucks were one of the most efficient. Uh, scoring teams and the Hawks play at some of the fastest pace. So you, you got You got an extremely fast team and an extremely efficient team, um, which tells me there's going to be a lot of possessions and a lot of efficient possessions. Well, um, while you look that up, I'll just talk about the Suns swept the nuggets. We already covered that. Uh, the Clippers did beat the jazz in six without Kawhi, um, which is kind of an impressive feat. I thought, that, I mean, it did appear that Donovan Mitchell was hurt there, but the Clippers just had this insane run where they were down 25 points, came all the way back and won the game, mostly behind my boy, Terrence Mann, with 39 points, just sitting in the corner, hitting threes. He was an absolute monster in that game. Um, and he's a guy who's going to continue to play for the Clippers there. But, uh, I mean, what is this? What are your thoughts on, on you know, the Clippers upsetting the Jazz and that your boy playoff P with the, with the big game there and the big uh, couple games there to end the series without Kawhi? who we still don't expect back for the next round. Three blind squirrel finds a few nuts. Um, it was more of a – more that the, the Jazz didn't have Mike Conley. Um, I, I think that played a pretty significant um, piece to that puzzle. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Jazz, I think, you know, kind of got complacent a little bit and thought they were going to cakewalk. Uh, I said it last week on the pod that did the Jazz just – you know, easily get into the NBA finals. That's what we were talking about last. Well, I was talking about last Wednesday. Um, and, and I think maybe the jazz kind of, uh, you know, they, the, everyone on the jazz listens to this podcast, obviously they heard me say that and they got complacent. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I'm going to give other, you know, more than playoff P. Um, I will never give that man credit. I only hate playoff P slightly less than I hate Ben Simmons. Um, and, and uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what I got to say about that. 
But can we talk about playoff P missing two free throws last night? The, yeah, that, so, was, that was equally hilarious to the Ben Simmons play. Equally move, hilarious. Moving into the next round, the Suns are now <laughs> up 2-0. Last night, playoff P, crunch time. At the line, he'd actually not had a great great shooting night from the line, but he did make uh, his most recent two down the floor. He's got a chance to put the um, the Suns up three, right, I believe? Yeah, it was, it was 9.2 seconds left. Yeah. Okay, so a chance to put him up three, and he misses the first. So now it's, okay, now, I, all right, I've got to make one so I can make sure that we're up two. That way any bucket doesn't beat us. And, of course, he misses the next one. Uh, this absolutely Dude, sets bad, up. bad clanked it like yeah. bad he's in his own he's in his own head living rent free i guess um but yeah i mean it sets up what is a, like an outstanding finish to that game um on an wind up being an inbounds play with 0.9 seconds left uh boogie cousins is not guarding like the angle to the basket for jay crowder so he tosses it up they run a screen where devin booker is the screener and instead of kicking to booker which is what a lot of people thought was going to happen deandre ayton rolls to the bucket and does a little flush job right there in their faces uh to win the game with 0.9 seconds left which is not goaltending because you can't have goaltending on an inbounds play like that where you're allowed to because it's not technically a shot because he can't shoot it um, no, I mean, absolutely. The oldest play in the book is the old screener flash. You know, the guard goes to set the screen and that guard gets tangled up in the mess and you end up with a pretty, pretty nice mid-range jump shot. That was absolutely what I think was the play. I think, I think Jay Crowder just made a fantastic read. I do think Booker was the initial read and he, and, and he just saw, he saw, I, I, was it Zubats or, or, or some, I forget who was guarding him. Yeah, Zubats um, was guarding Aiton and Batum was guarding uh, Booker. And both <laughs> looked at Booker. And I think as yeah. soon as Crowder saw both of them look, he went up. Nope, nope. Th- that was a design play. Uh, they well, were yes, playing... it was a second read. It was the second read on the design play. N- no, it was the, the first play was the design for DeAndre Ayton. They talked about it post-game. They talked about it in multiple interviews after the fact. So <laughs> this is this is actually what they called. Uh, Trevor Booker was the decoy on that, and he did an excellent job of getting in the way. There was there may have been some pushing and shoving down there on both sides. Uh, so, yeah, no foul call, then who the hell wants a foul in that situation anyway? Absolutely not. But, yeah, uh, DeAndre Ayton with the flush job to put the Suns up 2-0. Oh, and the Clippers may be in trouble because Chris Paul is about to come back and they played to, to win with two games without Chris Paul. And Trevor Book had probably had a broken nose. Like, did you see that thing? Dude, that was nasty. He looked all Owen Wilson-like, man. That was gross. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll move to the other playoffs here. So the Lightning are currently up 3-2. Wait, wait, so wait. Real not- quick, who, who do you got? Give a prediction before. Uh- oh, Bucks hawks game one tonight? Sorry. Yeah. Um, where is it being? It's being played in Milwaukee, correct? Milwaukee, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Milwaukee, but man, you're probably Trey right. Young you're has probably been right so, with, he's probably been right such a over. beast on the road. He's been like, he's played, he's played horrible at home, but he's been insane yeah. on the road. Um, well, we we'll see. I mean, do you really want? Uh, so you're just all in on this Nate McMillan thing, huh? Man, he got, he got jobbed with Indiana. Man, he got, he got scapegoated with a bad roster. Sure um, did. And look what he's doing now. He's he's got a team in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. So there we go. Um, but yeah, all right. Jumping to the NHL playoffs. So the Lightning lead uh, the Islanders three two. There was a couple games played since we last talked. Uh, the Islanders went up three 
3-0 in a a strong second period against the Lightning on Saturday. And then the Lightning make a vicious comeback, come back 3-2. There's an incredible play made by uh, the defenseman for the Islanders uh, on a a whirling dervish uh, shot attempt by Ryan McDonough at the end of the game. Um, Did you watch that play? I did, yeah. No, I mean it's that that was insanely athletic. It was unbelievable. Did did you really think that the Islanders were gonna win that game? I thought there was a good chance that, that was gonna go in. <laughs> like yeah. um but you've been saying you've been saying Islanders in six, uh, which you had a you had set up until last night when the Lightning came out and scored eight goals and uh just mercy ruled the Islanders there, eight nothing. So the it, in terms of the count, the Lightning have scored the last 10 goals in the series uh, and have won the last four periods. Just saying. Um, <laughs> no, what, what, what did I say? What did I say? As soon as you get a two-goal lead on the Islanders, they're done. You can't give them a lead, and they need to keep it close. The games that the the, the Lightning have won, they've pulled away you know, early or re- like either really early or semi-early, and, and the game was you know kind of done. So yeah. the, the Islanders absolutely cannot play from behind. Um, so, uh, and, and the games that they've lost, they've pretty much beaten themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mistakes with mistakes and penalties. So, I mean, the lightning really are the better team here. Um, they do have, they'll have two chances to close it out. Vasilevsky has three straight shutouts to, uh, end the last three series, uh, consecutively, including the Stanley cup final. So he has a chance to do that, you know, tonight or the, or the next game that yeah. that one hey, the, the lightning, the lightnings are going to the finals. Let, let's move to the other series. Um, because I want to know, are the lightning going to avoid the Vegas Knights twice? Like you got the sharks who were de- or the stars last year, who were definitely not the best team in the West. Now you're going to get the Canadians that weren't even the best in their own division, um, they were are, the are th- fourth best team in their own division. Exactly. The worst team, the worst team that made the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, are the Lightning just going to strut into another Stanley Cup playing a very, you know, they, they played the four seed Islanders and they're about to play the four seed Canadians. Like, you just have an easier back to back setup for the Bolts. Like, what the hell? I mean, well, let's be fair. The Canadians walloped their whole, their own division in the playoffs. So uh, choke job Toronto, choke job, uh, choke job with um, uh, Winnipeg. Then you get uh, who also had swept their series. So where are those two teams out getting called out? And then the Knights, uh, you know, they beat Colorado last series after thinking, I thought Colorado was the better team. They wound up beating them, which, you know, more power to them. But now they're trailing the Canadians. So who's choking? I mean, it's not the Lightning's fault. They only can play who's in front of them. I want to know who in Tampa Bay sold their soul to the devil. You get you get Tom Brady bringing you guys a Super Bowl, and then you guys just play a bunch of nobodies in the freaking NHL playoffs, and then your baseball team gets to the World Series. I mean, I don't know some, who it is, but whoever he kinda... is, but whoever he is, I hope he never has to buy a drink in his life. <laughs> Oh my god! There's got to be some demonic devil cult down there in Tampa, which wouldn't be a surprise because it's fucking Florida. Uh, but well, yeah, what I mean, what a run does the city of Tampa have? Um, speaking of incredible. the city of, or the Tampa Bay area here, uh, we're gonna go region on you. Uh, Wander Franco, the number one prospect in all of baseball, uh, finally gets called up by the Rays. He's 20 years old. Um, he's you know the best 
prospect since Vlad a couple of years ago. He was uh, the number one prospect each of the last two seasons, uh, pretty much consensus across the board for all of the reputable um ranking systems in terms of prospects uh finally gets the call he's you know lighting up twitter besides the whole pantsing thing that was going on last night he was the talk of uh baseball twitter and he absolutely lives up to it he hits three balls over 95 miles an hour off the bat uh has a double and a three-run homer that tied the game makes a sick nasty double play playing third base which is not really his position um this is an exciting player for baseball just just one of the next crop that's coming through um switch hitter uh his uncles are the eye bars so uh i mean the phenom is here and uh people should be ready for it and then speaking of other phenoms shohei otani have yourself a week did you see what he did last week yeah i mean he's he's top five in hitting and top five in pitching in like the past two weeks or past four weeks or something like that it's insane he, he had one game where he did not hit a home run it was the game that he pitched in. He pitched an absolute gem, and then he had one game with it with a with a double dong. So like, Shohei Otani is is absolutely one of the best shows to see in in Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, as much as you like to rag on it not being a fun sport to watch, there's a lot of fun stuff going on right now. I mean, MLB is basically Tampa Bay right now. They have everything set up for them. They have amazing young players. I mean, Wander Franco is just the, the newest on the scene. I mean, you got Juan Soto, you got Tatis, you got, you know, Shohei Otani, I mean, you got Glad. I mean, dude, it's insane the bevy of, of talent that is coming up that the MLB has to play with. Mike Trout's um, only thirty, by the way. Right, it'll be, be how insane is that? He can play another decade. Yeah, yeah. So uh, MLB, Jacob Degrom, Jacob Degrom, absolutely. He's literally putting he's up doing. the best season ever. I mean, baseball's yeah. been around since the eighteen fucking nineties, and he's literally having the best recorded season ever. Like they don't even know how to how to put his metrics together because he's breaking every model. It's insane. He has more he has more runs driven in than he's than he has allowed. And six RBIs, I think he has, and like me, I don't know how many runs he's given, but it's less so, than six. So there's this pitcher. His name's Jordan Yam- Yamamoto, uh, Yamamoro, something like that. He used to pitch for the Marlins. He's now on the Mets. Um, and he was on Twitter, and he said, "It's really funny that Jacob Degrom's ERA is my batting average from two years ago." <laughs> <laughs> Pitcher batting averages are like in the ones, <laughs> point one something normally. So yeah. that's his ERA. Absolutely insane. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think that's all we've got here for tonight. Um, I'm going to get out of here so I can go watch this lightning game uh, where we close it out because somehow Islanders in six. Islanders in six. six. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, Go out there, have some fun. uh, Enjoy all the sports that we've got coming for the next few weeks. We've got some interesting stuff coming for you here, uh, including an interview with a mayoral candidate coming soon. So uh, share, tag, uh, like, listen, you know, do all that fun stuff. uh, We'll see you next time. Ben Simmons stinks.